Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we've been talking about residential mortgage rates collapsing, falling. Uh, last reported by Mortgage News Daily, last I saw was 6.04. 5.99 seems to be right around the corner. But this is very much a residential conversation. And you know on this channel, we bring you both sides of the table. We have Jonathan Twomley to talk about commercial. So we're going to find out about rates in commercial. Are they falling? Are they rising? What's going on with lending conditions? Because it is a very different market. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Michael. Good to see you. We didn't get to talk last week, so I'm glad that we're back on schedule this week. Yes. Yes. So I appreciate so, you. So what's what's going on in commercial? Because I don't know if you've heard, but the 30-year mortgage rate is falling. It peaked in October, I think, at like 7.38. And as of yesterday, it was 6.04. So almost down a point and a half, mm -hmm. which is huge for residential. But I don't know if that plays in commercial or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, a drop like that is definitely something that would you know gets attention in the business and what i've been seeing recently is a little bit of the same thing now we didn't have the rates go as high uh in commercial as they did with um with residential however they definitely spiked for sure and but what i've been seeing is a couple of you know people who are mortgage originators uh posting the what's going on with rates and they've been talking about the same thing about there being a little bit of relaxation hmm. on the rates so now not as dramatic as what you're talking about with residential but again because it didn't spike up as high the the compression is not as dramatic either but you know uh even 25 basis points on what you're paying on your loan makes a big difference in terms sure. of your your ability to get the loan and you know how profitable you're going to be with the loan so um it, relaxation will definitely help things uh well depending on what you mean by help but yes it, yeah. it's it's not unwelcome that that rates may be declining um but we'll sort of see how far it goes especially if the fed continues to raise rates you know that's mm -hmm. going to push up the baseline uh, on which everything else is calculated but um, yes, yeah. yeah, so a little bit of a little bit of easing in in the okay. markets uh, for commercial as well. So, so in residential, the most quoted rate is a thirty-year fixed. Uh, would it be fair in commercial to say it's a five-year arm? Is kind of if you were going to pick the most common, is that it or well, something else? No, I mean, well, it really depends because it depends on a lot of different factors. You know, uh, like you know, obviously in residential, there's not a lot of different options to pick from, right? And there's and they're basing it on essentially your income and the and the comps on the property right your income doesn't change much but the comps change a lot you know so uh depend they're inversely related to the interest rates right so that that kind of but that's what they're basing things on in commercial you have a lot of different options and it really depends on what your risk tolerance is and so uh if you're someone like me you know what i always want to get is <clears throat> very long-term fixed rate debt and the longest you can get in generally speaking is your 10-year okay 10-year agency debt right um but you can get five-year you can get seven-year you can get 10-year i've 
you can sometimes get 12 there's there's all kinds of different programs that like if it's affordable if it's this if it's that you can get different kinds of loans but basically you're talking about for for a stabilized property right which means that you're not undergoing a major rehab you have a rent roll you're at least you know 90 percent occupied for six months that's considered stabilized your options for that are basically you know fixed rate five, seven, 10, or you can okay. get floating if you, if you choose it. And that's usually a little bit of a better interest rate. Um, okay. You could, but if you're doing like a rehab project, then you'd get bridge debt, which is generally, well, you can get fixed or floating there too. Um, recently, it, before this year, everybody was getting floating rate debt because it was much cheaper with, with the way that, you know, with property being so expensive People were trying to squeeze every penny out possible, and they were uh, getting floating rate debt because it was cheaper, and they believed that rates weren't going to go up. Uh, now, if you were smart a couple of years ago, when nobody thought rates were going up, you could have bought what's called a, a rate cap, which basically caps your, it stops, it, your, it'll allow your interest rate to rise a little bit, but it'll cap it. You could have bought interest rate caps at like twenty five thousand dollars for the fi- for the five year life of your loan. Oh wow! You know, as interest rates became became more and more volatile, the prices started going up. Now you're talking about like, you know, spending depending on the size of your loan, like half a million, a million dollars just to buy the rate cap, right? And uh, because everybody knows the rates are are volatile, and the banks don't want to take the risk now, so um, people are switching back into fixed rate debt because of what they've seen. Um, but that's, so it's, it's a little more complicated uh, okay. an answer. Yeah. I like it. So let's talk about the 10 year debt. I just want, I just want people to realize kind of the variables that are very different than residential. Yeah. Uh, is it fair to say that most uh, commercial debt, like this 10 year agency debt you're referring to, is it amortized over 25 years or, or 30 years? Kind so, of traditional? so the, the agency debt, is amortized over 30 years so it's a, okay. so basically you're you're paying down your mortgage for 10 years and then you have a balloon payment so you have to refinance right okay. and um but there's all kinds of different flavors you can get interest only for a period of time you know so maybe it'll be interest only for three years while you're doing some rehab and then it's amortizing for the last seven there, there's all kinds of different ways that uh that you can slice and dice that if you're getting local bank debt that tends to be 20 or 25 year amortization okay. and and usually only five years for those uh, forms of debt. Gotcha. And then the last question, when you're getting this agency debt, again, just the basic structure, uh, would a waterfall prepay be pretty common? You know, three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one, uh, or are there other components? Yeah. So sometimes you can get uh, that kind of prepay, which is scheduled, um, or you can get what's called um, yield maintenance, or defeasance, which are similar, uh, but uh, effectively, what you what that is is that you have to, uh, if you leave the loan early, you basically have to uh, create a structure where you recreate the stream of payments to the bank, right? Gotcha. And it's make, it's very make them whole. Yeah, well, that, that's what make make them whole, but it's like you're there. Those particular loan programs are. De- are, are depending on this stream of income. And oh, okay. so they don't like it if you cut off the stream of income, even if you give them all their money back, right? What they want is the income. So you have to Got recreate it. the income stream by setting up a, a facility that essentially recreates the income stream. And 
it's it's kind of expensive to set up, but it may be worth it, you know, depending on the deal. And the um, the actually kind of interesting thing is if you some people will get lucky with this because if you borrowed at a very low interest rate and then interest rates rise, it's actually possible for you to make money on this when you go into defeasance because um, mm. it, because the the interest rates have gone up so much that it costs you so little to like buy the instruments that are paying off that yeah. that right. that stream of payments that you get there's money left over for you so mm-hmm. that that can happen um but uh there's if you're going for that kind of scheduled three two one penalty usually you're paying a higher interest rate than if you're going for like defeasance or yield maintenance or something so love this this is all yeah. relatively new stuff to me i'm sure the audience is learning a lot of new stuff the last thing I want to talk about besides kind of structures of debt is also the ease of getting loans. Uh, I, I'm already seeing in the residential space where there are some pretty significant changes. One of them proposed by Freddie Mac goes into effect February. Everybody thinks Fannie Mae will copy it. And that is basically making burrs less tice- enticing. Not that mm-hmm. they were already difficult, uh, but up until the middle of February, I think it is, uh, you only needed six months of seasoning. Freddie Mac now is making that 12 months, right? So basically you have to have the hard money or private money or however you've leveraged that uh, more difficult. We're also seeing LTVs fall, right? 20% was very common, then 25. And now we are seeing some loans at 30%, right? Need 30% down. So in your world of commercial, even if rates come down, is it possible for lenders to get tighter or because it's always about the asset? It just, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, I mean, in my discussions, and I just recently was talking with a mortgage broker who's also happens to be a student in my coaching program, um, and he was telling me that the 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 um, the qualifications are still the same, right? Okay. So you're still looking at, you know, they're still looking at the quality of the asset. They're looking at the cash flow coverage, and if you're if you're meeting those criteria, um, then you know you're you're in, in line for the loan, right? They 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 always have the, the the places where they kind of get, I guess, looser or tighter is around the experience of the borrower, right? So, you know, when they start feeling anxious, that that's when they start kind of looking a little harder at who's on the team and like how many people are on the team and how financially strong they are and things like that. Um Whereas when everybody is happy and everybody's making money, you know, and the, and the banks are just, you know, trying to hand out as much money as they can, uh, then you see those things starting to be, you know, there's more wiggle room around the edges for it, right? So I think, I think that's where the tightening comes. It'll, it'll be a little bit harder for, uh, you know, someone to come along with no experience and without, without experience on their team to say, Hey, I'm going to go buy this building unless they happen to be very, very wealthy, right? A very strong balance sheet, uh, and obviously, if they're going in with lower leverage, it makes it easier. But to to go in and say, "Hey, I want 75% LTV," I have no experience. Um, it's just a great deal. Trust me, uh, hmm. the banks are gonna. They were never really happy about that, but you know, if if you know, and I raise the money from other people, right? I mean, they were right. never- No skin in the game, yeah. Yeah, it's not, the, you know, or a little skin in the game, but you're not like coming in and saying, hey, 
I have a $5 million net worth and I want to buy this $1 million building, you know, give me seven fifty. The banks are like, okay, great. You know, whereas if you go and say, Hey, you know, I want to buy this $1 million building and my net worth is two fifty, and I'm raising the equity for my friends and we have no experience. Like the banks are, you know, like a, a little less excited about that proposition. So uh, even if it's the same exact property, right. So that, yeah. that's where I think things get a little tighter when, when yeah. the banks are feeling skittish. Yeah. So again, folks, the commercial market, the big money, very different game, very different lending structure. Uh, this is where Jonathan plays and plays very well. He's very conservative doing deals all the time. Jonathan, where could people find you if they had questions like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a, an active Facebook group where you can come and ask me questions all you want. Um, it's called the apartment investors club and just go to get on Facebook and, and sign up for that. You can also, if you're interested in kind of how this whole thing works and uh, you don't want to have to like read a whole book about it. Um, I've got this. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah here we go. This, this checklist. checklist. Yeah. It's literally a checklist that you can read through uh, and just in 10 minutes kind of get a real overview of like how these deals work and all the different things that you need to do. You can get this for free. If you just go to apartmentinvestorsclub.com and uh, ask for it. it, there's a button right there, you can sign up and it'll be delivered to your inbox automatically. Yeah. I, uh, I got that about nine months ago. I learned a ton. So I appreciate you doing that. People need to go there. What is the website? One more time. It's apartmentinvestorsclub.com. And Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, if you go to um, the, uh, uh, apartment investors club facebook pay, uh group there is a, a four-part video series in there mm. about but really about how these deals work there's one that gives an overview of how syndications work there's another one about how you know really what you need to do to get deals from brokers uh one about how to raise money and then the fourth one is kind of about the, the right mindset that you need to adopt in this in this business and i think no matter what you're doing you'll find all those videos helpful you don't need to be buying hundred unit multifamily deals to be, to find that information valuable. I mean, it'll really help you, you know, with any kind of real estate you're buying, especially the, the piece about brokers, um, you know, just about how, how to get brokers to pay attention to you when you're starting out some really helpful stuff in there. Very cool. Thank you so much, Jonathan.